What up, y'all? Yeah, soundtrack was popping, baby. Oh. Y'all ain't know. I go by the Welcome to the second episode of Paul Kim Explains Everything. My name is Monica Harvanchik. Uh, I will be joined by Paul Kim, who will explain his whole perspective on how he feels as an Asian American in modern American dating. But Paul Kim will go into a ton of explanation on how social pressure, family pressure, incredible gender bias, and religious and historical pressures between different Asian cultures can make Asian dating be a ridiculously difficult task. This could be a very controversial episode, so we'd love to hear what you guys think. Reach us at paulkimexplainseverything at gmail.com or you can tweet us at paulkimexplains. New episodes will go up on our website, paulkimexplainseverything.com. It's real bitch to write that all the time. Yeah, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your feedback and stay tuned for more episodes. All right, enjoy this one, guys. Peace. Started in the morning, one stopped after dark. Yeah, when they said it's getting late in here. So I'm sorry, young man, there's no skating here. And so we kick. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, Asian dating. I picked this topic, by the way. Yeah, Monica picked this topic. Uh, I'm Korean, for those of you who don't know. Um, I'm actually really uncomfortable. Really? With this topic. Yeah. Why? Well, because, like, I. I Asians have this thing in America called the model minority problem, which is like people don't consider Asians as a race, which is I have a problem with. Wait, what um, like so, so well, there's a lot of things I just I'm trying to express. First is the is that sociologists don't actually believe that race is a thing. And actually a lot of medical professionals don't believe that race is a thing. It's just a social construct. It's completely like human made. Uh, there's no like physiological or anatomical basis on race. A lot of those things that we associate with race are actually just based on, like, locale. Like, in Africa, sickle cell anemia is a really common problem among yeah. Africans, but only a specific subset of Africans. And actually, sickle cell anemia is just common in places that have, like, high incidences of malaria. Because sickle cell anemia... Uh, anyway, yeah. so there's, like, a lot of lo- locale issues. Like, where, where your family was from has more to do with what kind of physiological traits that you're like blessed with by your genetics so race really isn't actually a thing um there's some studies that suggest that race started with the spaniards when they were doing the inquisition and and purging the jews uh there's some writings that say like judaism is it a cultural or religious thing there's something inherent in the blood that causes them to be jews so anyways model minority it's the idea that like Asians really don't have problems as a race. They can't complain because they're doing so well. When actually, there's a lot of things that Asian Americans have to deal with. Like, there was this guy this, this past month. Uh, he's, he's a, his name was Yang Fichen, uh, I think was his name. He won a poetry contest. 100 entries were able to go in. And he won, and his name was published, and his poem got published, right? Well, it was revealed that it was a white guy. It was a white guy in the Midwest who published under a Chinese name under the hopes that he would actually get published. He submitted under a Chinese name on the hopes he'd actually get published. And then he did. Uh, and it pissed a lot of people off. Because it's basically like, you know, taking advantage of... It's saying that the only reason that people get published nowadays is because of the ethnicity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of messed up. Uh, so stuff like that. And there's a lot of instances like that. Like uh, Asian men in media. Asian men are usually portrayed as like these evil other or bumbling idiot uh, and it's led to problems where 
uh, Asian men are considered like sexually undesirable as a whole, which is a social constraint. If you, if you look at uh, if you look at online dating uh, statistics, Asian men are the least desirable out of all male races, and are comparable to Black women. Black women are also the least desirable. Race is definitely a thing, and it has like really pervasive problems. So the reason I don't like talking about Asian dating is because of, like it's it's like new like modern day Orientalism like. Because whenever you talk about like what it's like for Chinese people, and it's also very ethnocentric. Like in this talk, I'm not going to be talking about like Southeast Asians, like Filipinos or Vietnamese or Cambodians or uh, or South Asians, like Indians or Pakistanis or any of that. It's just my particular experience with East Asian culture. Uh, so there's that problem too. A lot of how I pose it is so foreign to white Americans that it's like it feels like oh Asians are so backward it doesn't make any sense and it'll make it'll feel like that when I start describing it because it is foreign you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, and the basis for a lot of this comes from there's like a really different philosophy that East Asian culture brings to the table compared to West Western cultures so in in the West in Europe. And in a lot of like those developed Western nations, uh, there's this emphasis on in- the individual, like individualism, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want something, you're gonna go out there and get it. You know, you have to like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get that job, get the woman, have sweet house, hot children. You know, like <laughs> like you do that. You the know, you get it. yeah, 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 in that order. <laughs> Asian culture isn't like that. Uh, it's very simplistic to say that it's just communal. It is communal in the sense that if you want to get ahead, we're going to do it together, right? Mm-hmm. But it's very complicated because in certain Asian cultures, I would argue the Japanese kind of uh, especially punish people who are outliers because they are a risk to the rest of the people, right? So if you stand out among the crowd... A, you think you're better than everybody else, right? And B, you're not. You're putting everyone else's uh, stability and comfort at risk, mm-hmm. right? Um, and a lot of this has to do with a guy named Confucius, who was like, he was like a. Who's that guy? <laughs> well, people think that he's like. Uh, I think Confucius is a really misunderstood guy because um, he he was a politician. He was like a mid-level politician in the Chinese court. And he was very influential because of a series of writings. And, and one of his biggest cultural uh, impacts, and I'm, I'm really glossing over this guy's like, this guy's on, 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 on par with like Aristotle and Plato when it comes to how influential he is in the East. He, he, one of the things was like, every individual has a responsibility to their family, and especially the dad. Right? Mm-hmm. So filial piety. Even if your dad is abusive and he beats you and he sexually abuses you, it is ethically your responsibility to continue to respect and follow him because he provides status and stability for the family. And in return, the family provides respect and, and uh, allegiance to the father. And it was imperative in the Eastern narrative because the East was really, really unstable. I mean, like China had to go through a massive unification period through all sorts of countries. Actually, one of the top 10 bloodiest wars in history, in recorded history, was the Chinese Civil War in which millions of men died. And it was like hundreds of years before the advent of gunpowder. So these guys died like 
sword to face one by one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's how much war was going on during this time. I mean, Japan had a similar situation. There was a Three Kingdoms period in Korea. It was a very bloody time. So just imagine that, like, constantly, like, your family is being displaced. Or, like, every 10 years, right, uh, you, like, have to leave or you're without food. You're going hungry. So being able to rely on other people for labor and for access to other social goods was really important. So this idea of like uh, filial piety was really important just for self-survival. So fast forward to the modern day, I don't think Americans appreciate how influential not their technology, not their economics, but culture has been. American culture has exploded across the globe in a way that's like incredibly pervasive and infectious. And it's being felt in dating in Asia in a lot of really interesting ways. Because when you watch movies like these very dramatic scenes, Top Gun, it's like you had me have hello, you know what <laughs> I mean? Or like you watch Avatar or you know you watch these rom-coms um, where the guy like goes to these great lengths. He like uh, you know he give up he gives up his job, he gives up his career, made a lot of money in order <clears throat> to pursue this girl, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then dating, dating is like a really strange thing. Like I mean, Western dating where the guy like asks out the girl and parents aren't there and you just take this woman, and the family allows this man just by himself <laughs> without his parents to take her wherever he wants and do God knows what to her. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, and it's, it's even more exacerbated by how the movies portray it. Like the movie Grease, where this like sleazy guy like woos over this innocent young girl oh, yeah. via song and dance. And then she becomes a sleazeball herself to yeah. please him. I was like, what? Yeah. It's terrible ending. Yeah, like my, <laughs> like I, it was so weird for me watching that movie uh, from like, because like Asian Americans have this really difficult dichotomy where we have to have one foot in America, one foot in our home culture. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of betraying both. Um, and, and like being a part, it's really difficult. But like I watched that movie and I was like, what was the point of this? I don't understand, right? Like she was nice and cool. And then at the end of the movie, like she's like really slutty. It's like, <laughs> like well, why are there so many cigarettes? Like it just like, it didn't make any sense to me. So a lot of like uh, traditional Asian families approach it the same way, right? A lot of cultures like continue to hold on to some of the facets of how relationships were founded in the past and in asia it was arranged marriages right mm -hmm. um and it differs a little bit depending on what region that you're in so in japan still to this day i mean western dating is is, is common in, in its own form is common in in all the eastern countries but japan has still holds on to like this very uh they have this thing where parents and family on one side will arrange a meeting with the parents and family on another side Right. So I'm the guy, you're the girl. Right. So mm -hmm. your parents will contact my parents and then we'll arrange a set time and date to meet at a very specific place, like a restaurant. Your parents, your mom, dad, you. This is the first time I ever met. <laughs> first time I ever met. Your mom, dad, you are on one side of this table. My mom, dad, me are on this side of the table. They talk. We look at each other <laughs> and talk a little bit. And... This just a discussion about, oh, what does Paul do for work? What does Monica do for work? You know, what kind of family do you come from? How much money do you, does your family make? Did you mm -hmm. guys grow up with plenty or in want? You know, and then after this is over, my family and I discuss, 
Man, it is okay. <laughs> Your family just does pause, okay, right? And then it's decision is made whether or not to like continue on, or sometimes even like marriage proposals just happen right then and there. Really? Yeah. I mean, those are very traditional families, but yeah. Um, and it's happening like I think it's happening less and less. I I'm not quite sure. I know in Korea it's really changed a lot. Um, another thing was like, man, sex is like a, it's a like a manic depressive in in the east because like, uh, <laughs> like the red light districts and prostitution is like a very strong full swing in eastern countries. Like it's legal. Um, and incidences of infidelity are actually really, really high. Divorce rates are very, very high in Eastern countries as well. In Korea, it's like 50%. In China, I think it's a little higher than that. I remember reading in like 2006 or 2007 that the Chinese government had to change uh, laws regarding how long it took to get a divorce because the divorce proceedings were taking too long, but they shortened it to make it faster and cheaper for the courts. Um, but I don't know if that's true anymore. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what those numbers are recently. And one of the things that are really important is uh, status. Like status is incredibly important. Uh, and the reason is because status, another thing about Confucianism was like, you're not all humans are necessarily uh, born equal, right? Like everyone has a place and position and it's your duty in life to complete and fulfill your place in society mm -hmm. for mankind, right? Uh, it's the same idea that you have a responsibility to a father in the family that that man, that male, now has a responsibility to his lord or his leader, and you can never talk back. Even if they're abusive to you, you can never talk back. So the same dynamic within the family is established political arena as a whole. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. And this is why, like, it gets really strange talking about this topic, because for Westerners, it's like, this sounds so backwards, it sounds so repressive, right? It sounds so, like, like the whole, like, my family, your family, why do my parents get to determine who I'm going to date and marry? You know what I mean? It's just a different, you know, different tradition, isn't it? Yeah. It's it, a different culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can you go back to the red light district for a second? Why, if, if there is this commitment of, like, the husband to his wife and the wife to the husband because it's her place to, you know, look up to him, why is prostitution so rampant? So I'm not, I don't have a very strong argument or explanation for why. I have a couple of guesses. Mm -hmm. So one of them is that status, like I said, is really, really important in Asian culture, right? Like it's, it's a live or die, literally a live or die. A lot of kids kill themselves in Asia still to this day because they're not fulfilling the status based, placed upon them for academic rigor or how much jobs. Like it, I, I don't think people appreciate how serious the status thing is. I think that like as long as families can maintain the guise of respect and status and prestige, what you do in secret really doesn't matter as much if nobody really finds out. And so if your marital life, if your wife is in, as an exchange of goods, this is really messed up to say, but as an exchange of goods, the man provides stability and comfort. Mm -hmm. The woman needs to provide children and sex effectively. So if the woman isn't necessarily providing that level of output, you're going to find those goods elsewhere. It's a very like repressed, sexually repressed culture. I mean, it depends what country you're talking about. Like in Japan, they had, um, they had laws prohibiting uh, phallic imagery, imagery of women's genitalia. Pornographers and smart artists found very clever ways to get around it. This is why, like, Japanese tentacle porn is a thing, <laughs> right? Because it's not phallic, but it's close enough that it's, like, erotic. So it, like, became a 
thing. Like people find very clever ways to find like sexual release. You know what I mean? There's like something there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean the assumption or the stigma, especially about Japan, is that they're very weird sexually because they're so repressed, right? Yeah. Or there's something going on there that causes them to be really into weird stuff. Yeah. Or feel like they can't get it in real life and so it just becomes you know, all these like assumptions are made yeah. by I think Western culture when it comes to that. Yeah, I think Westerners don't realize that Japanese people think it's really freaking weird too. Like it's it's not that like they're just like, Oh, okay, like yes. I know, I love I love whenever somebody posts a picture of Japan or something, it's like the what do you call the dolls, the girls that make up Oh, like cosplay, like kind of thing? No, no, or... like the like the really fancy frilly dolls. Uh, no, 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 I'll, I'll think of it. Um but anyways, like every picture they post is of something really weird or like somebody dressed crazy or like a Oh Harajuku girls. Yes, That's yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. That person's just like an outlier. But with the the things that we're exposed to, it's always very very weird, right? Yeah. That's just how it is. I mean, how Americans think of Texas is how Asians think of America. The stereotypical things, like oh, a lot of people just around the world think that Americans just have guns and like trucks and and beer bellies. Well, and that's true. <laughs> In any case, like if your family has their daughter marry someone who doesn't make as much money, didn't mm-hmm. go to a similar school doesn't look as pretty, doesn't fulfill the same place in society, mm-hmm. it's shameful on your family. And your family can lose access to social goods and services if your daughter or your son, especially your son, marries someone that's not in the same status, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because now people think they're lesser. Than- Another thing that I think people don't appreciate and this is especially true in my opinion well because i'm so close to it of korean culture so in a lot of languages like you conjugate based on like he said she said right where say is the base mm-hmm. word and then you have like he said you say like right you conjugate yeah. based on like who the receiver or sender or whatever it is right in korean you also have to quote-unquote conjugate for honor and there's seven levels of honor right most koreans only use like four but there are another three on top of that. There's a lot. You have to have a series of conversations just to figure out which one to use. And if you go, like, if we didn't actually have that conversation to know where we fall on the social strata, mm-hmm. it's embarrassing for one of us, right? Because you were incredibly impolite and disrespectful, unknowingly so. It's like you had, let's say that you had an eating disorder, mm-hmm. and I kept making fun of you for like being a fatty, and you said nothing about it. It's really insensitive <laughs> and very inconsiderate. You know what I mean? So is there a go-to word that's just like the default, I don't know what status you are? Yeah, so you always go base polite. Three, there's like polite, there's informal, and then there's super informal. Mm-hmm. Which super informal would be like bro talk in America. Yeah. Right? Like, hey bro, uh, see the butt on that girl? Like that kind yeah. of thing, right? <laughs> it, it's like very like crass. And then above there is informal where it's kind of like how you and I are talking. I can call yeah. you, you. And then I can I'd be like, hey, Monica, do this. Yeah. Right? And then there's formal, which is like, please, if you have a moment, could you do this for me? Yeah. So you always go with that base, like polite, until you figure out exactly which strata and until like our relationship gets more intimate and form and like less uh, foreign. Right. You know what I mean? So things that come into play immediately is, oh, how much money do you make? Where did you go to school? How old are you? Especially how old are you? Big determinants of 
where so, we fall. So my roommate is Korean, as you know, and mm-hmm. she says that when she talks with her Korean friends, these questions are just completely flippant. Yeah. It's like, oh, how much do you make? Oh, how much do you weigh? Oh, that's great. Like, oh yeah, what do you want for lunch, you know? And just the fact that, that appearance and status comes up so so flippantly is always throws her off. She's like, I don't Yeah, it, flows, it throws me off. It's actually it. like, I don't think this word is like, this word feels like the N-word for Asians, but it's, it's from in my opinion, it really isn't like that. Um, so, fobby is the term that we use, fresh off the boat, mm-hmm. right? Fobby is actually, fob is, was a really offensive term for, for Europeans during like, America's like industrialization period because it meant that like Europe is a derogatory term but Asian Americans use it very like, off the cuff there's a spectrum there's like you just you are you're born and raised in this country you still live in that country right so you're, you're Chinese or you're Taiwanese right mm-hmm. and you're, you're you're still from there you're just visiting America you're super fobby right <laughs> and then if you're if you're like from Southern California and you've never seen another Asian person in your whole life you're very whitewashed or there's a lot of words like Twinkie or um, what's the other one? Banana. Uh, <laughs> yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Right? <laughs> Never heard of a banana before. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a spectrum. So like, oh, he's pretty fobby. She's pretty fobby. It's like a thing that comes up a lot, right? So very fobby people end up asking you that immediately off the cuff. And for people like myself who aren't very Asian, right? Who don't really like associate associate that as like our base culture. I actually have a lot of problems with culture. It's it's really offensive. But it's important because it determines what this dynamic is going to be like, our relationship is going to be like, mm-hmm. right? And when you're dating someone, it's even more important because it determines, like, whether you even have a right to talk to me. Even, cons- like, the fact that people know that we went on a date, if you're a, a much lower status on the social totem pole than I am, this looks bad for me. And so it's on you to be considerate of that, right? And be like, oh... You need to find somebody else. You see, this is where it feels really, really strange. And it's not like an explicit thing that happens. It's kind of like embedded in a series of unspoken rules. And it plays out like as if it's an explicit rule. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that foreign, right? I mean, we had this conversation yesterday about how you end up dating like the same number on the hotness scale. Yeah. You know, and it just it just happens to work out that way. But, but the difference is, is that like, in America and in Western countries, I decide as an individual who I'm going to pursue. That's true. And people tell you, like, let's say, let's say you're like a 5 out of 10 in attractiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like a 10 out of 10. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I can like, get with a guy like that. In America, I have the right to say, and somewhat already the obligation to tell you, no, you have every right, girl, you don't know how great you will look, you know, like that kind of thing. But in Asia, it's like, yeah, you should probably swing more for the league that you're in. You know what I mean? Uh, that's why the difference is. There's the, it's, like, it's like the individualistic versus communal kind of dichotomy that goes all the way back to Confucius, right? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 there's a, thousands of years of history that have built up to this point. When it comes to dating, what's the most offensive thing when it comes to Korean culture. What's the most offensive yeah, thing? Yeah, what do you, can you not stand? Oh, like personally, for me yeah, as an individual. Yeah. Oh, uh, I actually like, I really dislike the emphasis on physical appearance. Like I really dislike it. Cause I want, I want people, like I want women especially, mm-hmm. to have the same opportunities that men have and to feel comfortable in being themselves in their own skin. 
And that's even an offensive thing to say because for a lot of these, a lot of the more conservative traditional women, they, they feel that that is who they are as an individual, right? That their values are like being comfortable in their own skin means being attractive above average on a social scale. And that's just who they are as individuals. But for me, it feels very fake. And it feels very forced. Uh, I had friends, and I had friends, Korean friends, very, very, very fondly mm-hmm. Korean friends who came from Korea studying in the States and come, went back to Korea afterwards, whose parents told them, don't come home if you don't lose 10 pounds. Like, that was a common thing. And they would cry and then starve themselves for about a week and a half and sometimes two weeks so that they could lose the 10 pounds and be like, not embarrassing their family in public when they were walking out on the streets. Really? Yeah. Um, surgery, plastic surgery is very common. Korea is now number two in the world behind Brazil for plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this place called Gangnam, which Gangnam style, that song is about, that's full of plastic surgery places. And uh, I've, I'm going to Korea in like the next couple of weeks, but uh, my parents went recently and they told me that like just seeing people with like bandages on walking out wearing like Louis Vuitton and Prada, you know, it's like, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that happens. So like uh, appearance is really important because mm-hmm. now that college education is pretty common, now that people are for the most part doing like white collar jobs, right? It's harder to determine strata besides paycheck, which determines stability and attractiveness, right? Which determines desirability. Mm-hmm. Right, like sexual desirability, looking good and matching up to the average standard is really important. But when the average standard now is so inflated, you know, you have like media, uh, like the Chinese, Japanese, and Korean music industries and popular culture industries have never been as strong or, or as like infectious as they are now because mm-hmm. they've taken from the American storybook, right? Mm-hmm. Like how powerful American music videos are and movies are drama and comedy and all those kinds of like uh creative devices they've established the baseline for this is what average beauty looks like but they're taking the cream of the freaking crop and then enhancing that it's like pop culture anywhere right yeah i mean te- like teenagers even in america all have body issues for the most yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but once again, like the individual versus communal thing kicks in. Because in America, there's still like this voice that says, you know, you don't need to live up to any man's standards. You know, you feel good in your own skin. But in, in, in Asian countries, it's different. It's like you have a responsibility to your family. You know, you have to live up to these social respect standards and expectations, or else you're like uh, disadvantaging where, what kind of friends your parents can have and like who they can talk to right and whether or not they feel like uh they're being taken seriously in social settings did you did you ever see that movie 300 pound beauty no i know about it yeah oh i have seen it yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's ridiculous yeah uh i got really angry at that movie actually it's ridiculous yeah the the plot of it is really quickly that there's a 300 pound girl but she can sing really well, but nobody takes her seriously. And then she gets a ton of plastic surgery, so much that she can't even touch her face and nobody can touch her because she's just so, so frail. And she like loses a ton of weight. And then like suddenly she becomes a super pop star mm-hmm. and gets like all the guys. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable to watch because it basically says that like plastic surgery mm-hmm. will free you, mm-hmm. right? I, I was thinking about it. It's an inverted shallow how. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's an inverted shallow <laughs> 
But yeah, so you have like these situations now in East Asia where parents are trying to regain control of the situation. In in countries that have higher education and, and social mobility, economically speaking, mm-hmm. I think also just socially speaking, for women, the marriage rate declines and the fertility rate declines. Um, and this is not just an Asian problem, I mean, or Asian phenomenon, I don't mean to call it. It's just like across the world as a whole, right? People freak out. I mean, people freak out all over the place, all over the world, right? In in Asia, like, in Korea and in Japan and China, like, there's a history of invasions from one country to another. So a lot of these families are only, like, one or two generations removed from, like, basically complete devastation and loss of an entire family, right? Through war. Marrying early and repopulating the family line with a lot of kids is really important. But as time has gone on, more or less and less people are marrying and having kids. So at least this panic. Like my grandma for the longest time was like, if you're 23 out of college and not married yet, something's wrong with you. My mom is like, if you're 28, not married, and you're out of college and don't have kids, something's wrong with you, right? <laughs> they freak out. And in Korea, like there's some dating websites now that allow, I was telling you about this, that allow parents to sell dates or meetings with their children. Um, and this this is useful for a couple of reasons because it guarantees a minimum barrier to entry to make sure that your family matches up status with my family. This woman, this other family that goes to my home church, I go to a Korean church in Oregon. Uh, she was telling me how she had a 30-year-old daughter and she was trying to get a date through one of these services with this guy who's a mid-level uh, executive at Samsung. He's like 26, makes half a million dollars. You know, he's really well off. Korea, uh, her daughter went to University of Oregon and studied psych- uh, psychology. Like, not even close. Like, we're not, like, she needs to go marry a janitor, basically. Like, that's that's kind of, like, the situation that, for, for the other family, it feels like. Mm-hmm. The minimum payment that you had to make to the Samsung's mom in order to even have her look at your application was 13000 US, right? And this is, like, you basically have to trade a used car in order to get a date with this guy. And then like a BMW to guarantee, right, that it's gonna go past like date five or something. If if you really think that you deserve my son, mm-hmm. you have to prove it. Your family has to prove it. It's that kind of deal. Does it work that way with women too? Okay. Yeah, oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It works in the other direction as well. I don't know exactly what the numbers are, but I would bet and assume that women have a lower premium compared to men. Uh, it might be different now than it was in the past, for sure. Women have kind of come into their own in Korea. But in America, we have this thing too, right? Like we have, the, there's a dating service that just came up that's just for very attractive, very, uh, I forget what it's called. It's like a Tinder for like... I don't remember. There's also a dating app for people in your pay bracket. Uh, just as a whole, like globalization and social media have caused a situation where people's expectations of who they think they should be getting mm-hmm. this entitlement. Uh, it's much, much higher. I, I, I feel very uh, strongly, and I think it'd be very hard-pressed to, to find evidence otherwise, that people's standards and expectations for who they're going to marry are much higher now than they are in previous generations. Just because the information that we have is so much more powerful mm-hmm. than what was available even 20 years ago, right? There's this really uh, strong bias towards... Proving that, A, 
you're actually part of that status, that as an individual, you're worth this much, right? I am this attractive. I am this desirable. I do, I am this valuable as a human being. Mm -hmm. And I prove it by looking this beautiful. Mm -hmm. I might not have gone to a great school, but I'm freaking 10 out of 10 <laughs> on the scale, right? So in, in certain Asian countries, uh, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I don't mean to, toward my Chinese and my Japanese and Taiwanese friends out there, uh, I don't mean to be like biased, but I'm just speaking from my experience because I don't want to talk out of time here. But from the Korean perspective, like, um, if you don't manage your weight, mm -hmm. you're seen as an untrustworthy person, right? If you're not skinny, you're seen as an untrustworthy person because you don't have the self-discipline to restrain yourself with food. Therefore, you lack self-discipline and discernment when it comes to just living life in general. So because you're unreliable and being responsible towards your, towards your own life, your own freaking life, right? You're probably going to be irresponsible towards me as your friend or colleague or whatever. So being overweight is being like untrustworthy. So this is like the social access thing I was talking about, right? So there's a huge emphasis on body weight and image. Being skinny especially. Because it's not necessarily just the attraction thing. It's a difficulty thing. If things are rare and hard to get to, and you have it, right, you're at a higher social strata. Mm -hmm. Because being skinny, unrealistically skinny, Americans would say, is a desirable, is a difficult thing to do, right? It immediately elevates you towards higher strata. So for women especially, if you're less educated or you don't make as much money, but you're still super hot, right, you're still probably going to end up marrying up economically speaking, mm -hmm. right? And it can be a really big burden for the lower status family because when marriage comes around, mm -hmm. right, there's all this expectation that now that you're part of this family, you have to live by that family's rules. So I have this friend right now in America. He, he born and raised in America, wife born and raised in America, wife grew up, right, in Pennsylvania. And uh, he's, he's, you know, he, he's like they met, they got married, all the stuff. Uh, wife's family it wasn't necessarily of the same economic standard. And so they felt a lot of pressure. And thank God, he's a really good guy. The husband's a really good guy now. And he was like, no, don't worry about it. There's no expectation here. Just calm down. Because the, the wife's family was trying to get a watch, right? There's, there's, there's a lot of very strong traditional rules on how this interaction happens. When you get married, there's an expectation that Bride's family does certain things and gives certain gifts. Groom's family, vice versa, right? Like a dowry kind of thing. Uh, watches are one of them. So they were worried that they needed to buy a very expensive watch to give to the groom's family. But the guy who was getting married knew that, it, from the bride talking about it, that they couldn't afford it. So they had to be very, very explicit, very, very strong to say, repeat over and over, like, no, 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 you don't need to do this, right? So even in Asian American, there are still remnants and fragments of this history that come into play. And what's even more strange is like, even if you're family and you grew up super, super American, right? Super white American. The moment that marriages start happening, your, your parents transform into these people, right? And so, like my, my um, I have this friend from, uh, he's, he's in his 40s now. He, uh, he's from my church, in, my Korean church in Oregon. And he said, the moment that I got engaged, my, I didn't even recognize my mom was anymore. 
like she had all of these rules that suddenly came out of nowhere like oh we have to do this now for the family for the other family you know these are the expectations we have to dress this way now and we have to like say these kinds of things and he was like who are you like you know what I mean like, a lot of these old school rules are being applied now um, but western American culture have come into play and things like casual sex are becoming more, more common I mean they're still looked down upon but you know it happens it definitely still happens and it's getting more and more common and prevalent. So I was talking about earlier about like how Takan like, oh, you had me at hello. Koreans especially took this to the freaking extreme. Like if you watch Korean dramas, they're like absolutely ridiculous in scale. Uh, like common joke that Korean Americans talk about is like Korean drama kind of goes like this is an archetype, right? Guy meets girl. One of them is of a lower status. One of them doesn't have a right to talk to the other one. And the higher status one is super attractive. Through a series of uncomfortable, awkward scenarios, like the, the higher status one realizes, oh, I kind of like <laughs> this other one, right? And just about as they get to this point where the relationship blooms, it usually is when like this really uncomfortable like sexual tension moment where like one of them's drunk and kind of compromised and blurts out, like as they pass out, they black out and they like mention the other one's name, right? While they're asleep in this drunken stupor. <laughs> and now like the, the lower status one has to carry this one home, right? Just as things are starting to blossom, BAM! Cancer! Or like BAM! Evil twin! Or BAM! Amnesia! Hit by a car! Like, and, it's, and, then, and, then, and then as they're like recovering or going through that, BAM! Another guy appears, or another girl appears, this is love triangle now. Right? And their families get involved, and now war breaks out, and there's another kid, and like, oh, it's another dimension, he's an alien, like, you know, like, it just gets really crazy, it's super blown out of proportion, and it, it's, it's, it's like really intense. Um, so in China, there, there was this, um, there was this Korean drama that really didn't do super, super well, mm -hmm. and the plot was like this. Uh, this guy's from outer space. <laughs> it's gonna be great, okay. Yeah. This guy's from outer space. Awesome. Really attractive, <laughs> right? Comes to Korea and meets this very rough and tumble girl. She mm -hmm. drinks beer all the time, but she's super attractive, right? She eats fried chicken and has cravings all the time, but she's super pretty. Like, like the super pretty thing kind of offsets, like, eh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this drama got so popular in China, so popular in China. That a couple of things happened. The Chinese government was like, why the heck can't Chinese people make dramas that are this popular in China? That was the first thing. Well, for me, that was like really interesting. And the second thing was like, women started ordering fried chicken and demanding that their boyfriends order them fried chicken or get them beer, like late at night and stuff. And in at least one incident, the girl stabbed her boyfriend. For what do you mean? For fried like, chicken? Yeah, because she did it. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> like this actually happened right um, so like expectations and stuff like China has a very interesting dynamic right now because there's way too many dudes oh I was gonna ask about this yeah, yeah. is that how does that affect dating so in, in China like there's this thing where uh, women will sit uh, with this so well, I'm talking about very isolated incidences but there's so many people in China that it's still like thousands of people tens of thousands of people are going through this um, like women will have interview sessions with multiple men. So they'll sit 
at this table and there'll be guys in like a convention hall, for example, right? And then women will talk to like six different guys and then decide whether or not they're interested in one. And so guys have to like roll the dice and see if they like land anything. Do you know what I mean? Like women have are much stronger positions of desirability and negotiation in China than it is in like America, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's also this thing where infidelity is like super strongly punished. There's been a couple of incidences in Western media about how uh, wives and girlfriends have gotten their girlfriends together and jumped like mistresses or women that their mm-hmm. men had cheated on like, in public. They'll strip them naked and beat them like in public in the broad daylight. You know what I mean? So it, yeah, it's you know, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you don't mess with that. Yeah, vengeful, vengeful <laughs> issue. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, it's led to this problem in Asia where so Japan, for example, has a birth rate problem, a declining birth rate problem, which has led to issues with the labor force. We can talk about that some other time. Korea, um, people in the countryside and in China too. People in the countryside are implicitly low status. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the women are leaving the countryside to pursue college educations and therefore elevating themselves to higher social status. So they're not going to come back and marry podunk dudes in the countryside. So these countryside dudes, at least in Korea that I know of, I don't know about in China, I'm sure it's happening in China too, are getting brides from Southeast Asian countries. So Asians are highly racist. Like... <sighs> like really racist um older korean people hate the japanese like hate the japanese i can't emphasize older chinese people hate the japanese japanese older people hate the chinese and koreans like it's just like there's just so much history of war and conflict at that generation my grandfather was alive he was 18 years old when korea gained independence from japan and there's still a lot of reparations and, and things like war crimes in japan did towards korea that they haven't necessarily apologized for. China, it arguably, might be worse because theirs was more recent. The Nanking Massacre that happened, which was this brutal massacre by the Japanese, where they system- systemically raped and killed thousands, thousands of people in Nanking, right? There was this uh, documented story, very famous story, of these two Japanese soldiers who had a race to see who could behead 100 Chinese men, 100 Chinese people, Faster. Who was the first person to kill 100? By the sword. When was it? Uh, it was uh, during the World War II period. Mm-hmm. So it's still within the grandparents' generation. It's still within the period of time that, like, you know, I, my grandparents still alive, right? Like, they know about it. So um, there's still a lot of, like, hatred and a lot of strong racism. Um, but the Japanese looked up toward the Chinese for a very, very long time because they were the source of a lot of culture and philosophy. When the Japanese invaded and then defeated the Chinese in wars, they realized, oh, they're basically monkeys compared to us, right? Which was a thing that came up in a lot of correspondence that the Japanese had. Um, so this dominance, one country invading another, right, established who was the higher status and kind of the regional power. Korea was caught in the middle. As a peninsula, it was a trading hub between uh, China and Japan, Japan and Manchuria, you know, like a lot of different, and it had a lot of strategic importance. So if you go to the Korean War Museum in Seoul, it's just like 
<laughs> I find it so funny, and this is really offensive, and I apologize, but if you go to Korean Wars, it starts with like the prehistoric Korean man. Look how righteous and glorious he is. And then the Japanese prehistoric man invades. Screw this guy, he takes our women. And then, like, and then we got freedom and beat him off. And then the Chinese man came and he took our women. And then the Korean, and it's just like back and forth the history of like China invades, and, and Japan invades, China invades, Japan invades. And then, like, yeah, it's just like, Koreans are like just people. Are very very racist towards each other. There's a lot of hatred, um, especially towards Southeast Asians because they weren't part of these engagements and they had a lot of instability. And, uh, they didn't industrialize as quickly. They didn't have as many experiences with the West as quickly as East Asian countries did. Uh, they fall on very 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 low on the social status. Like uh, the derogatory term that Korean Americans use for. Vietnamese people, for example, is dangkong. It means like, like chestnut or walnut. It's because they're hard, they're stupid, and they're dark. Like, and it's it's a very derogatory term. It's terrible. Yeah, um, but yeah, like Filipinos, uh, Cambodians, uh, Vietnamese especially are looked very down upon. So in in the countryside, because they can't marry Koreans, like Koreans, Korean countrymen can't marry Korean women. Chinese same thing, right? They're getting wives from Southeast Asian countries, bringing them to Korea, and then forcing them to learn the culture. And there's a lot of uh, reports of domestic abuse, like men beating women. And having half children, half you know, mm -hmm. Korean, who are also disenfranchised, because they're not really Chinese, or really Korean, or mm -hmm. really Japanese, right? Um, this is another thing that also feels very foreign to Westerners. It's like a status and, and social... It's something I hate about Asian culture. I, I, I personally feel that's like really messed up, but it is what it is. It's just a situation that this place I'm in is the values of that culture and society. Uh, so yeah, it's, like, it's really complicated because as an Asian American now, I have to deal with a lot of those kinds of things if I'm interested in dating an Asian American girl. And it also depends on how Fabi or not Fabi she is. So if I know that this girl is Fabi, there's a set of rules of engagement towards how I date this girl. Mm -hmm. They're different. White women or Mexican women or black women is actually way easier to date, <laughs> in my opinion. Because there's less expectations, the rules of engagement are completely different and it's kind of like we approach the same playing field. What would your family think? So my parents are actually really progressive. Uh, my mom and dad are like totally fine if I date outside of Asian. Mm -hmm. My mom, for some reason, is much more adamant about not dating older. She's like, you can't date old women. Don't do that. Like, she's so strongly against it, surprised me. But my grandparents would literally disown me if I ended up... Uh, I I'm, I'm a little special because my, my dad was a firstborn, was, was a male in my family that married a Korean, right? Mm -hmm. So he was seen as like legitimate in my grandfather's life. My uncle didn't marry initially a uh, Korean woman. So he was like, he was an like my grandfather at the time saw him as an embarrassment. So all of the expectation and responsibility fell to my dad. He had a male firstborn son. Right, so this is like, oh yeah, like you know, <laughs> that's kind of the approach. So there's a lot of expectation on me to kind of continue the trend, marry a Korean and have a male firstborn Korean pure blood, not bubble like <laughs> child, right? 
<laughs> That's what it is. It is what it is, right? So there's a lot of pressure from my grandparents and some of my aunts and uncles that that's kind of the route that I have to go. Other aunts and uncles from mine who are very deeply embedded in Korean culture are like, F that, you do what you're going to do. It seems that in in Korean American culture, the closer you are to living with a lot and being around Korean culture a lot, the more that you're just like, this is freaking messed up, like, go do you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, at least that's my experience. So, uh, yeah, it's it's actually like... uh, it's difficult because as an Asian guy, I'm least desirable. I have, uh, I, I like, it's difficult for me to date outside of Asians because there's an, I'm less desirable within that culture, right? Within society. And a lot of guys out there who are like, no, that's not true. Like if you look at the statistics in American, in America currently, undeniably across the board, right? If you look at marriage rates, if you look at dating rates, if you look at like, who initiates conversations with who, right? If you look at how many times, like, dates, like, all those different metrics, undeniably, Asian men are the least desirable, right, out of all the races. So it's very hard for guys to date outside. It's not impossible. It certainly happens, right? So it leads to this thing that Asian guys call yellow fever, where white men date Asian women. Because Asian women those who aren't really all that fobby or don't really prescribe those kinds of values see Asian men similarly, that they have small penises and that they aren't very masculine and not very assertive. Well, this, this goes to a question I was going to ask is, there was a, like a high-ranking white guy, like a CEO of a tech company or something, would he be desirable to like super fobby Asian women, like fam- their families? Uh, it depends on the status of the family. So if they're a low status family, mm-hmm. if he's like a CEO and he makes a lot of money, he's actually a high status guy. So it's better for that family to marry that guy. But if it's like, I would argue like an average status or high status, that's actually not the way to go. You should, that probably wouldn't fly, mm-hmm. right? Like, but, and it also depends on the culture. A lot of like Asian families are very westernizing now. It's kind of the term that's being used where that doesn't matter as much and there's more emphasis toward the individual. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I'm speaking, I've been speaking in very large general stereotypes because it's mm-hmm. hard to encapsulate. I mean, China has a billion people, right? It's like one out of seven people in the world lives in that country, right? There are more people that live, if you draw a circle around uh, Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. there's more people that live inside that circle in the world than live outside of it. Like, no that's freaking crazy, Right? So it's, it's very difficult to talk about like the specifics without going into excessive detail. So right. you have to like stereotype, right? right. Um, so anyways, there's like this thing where the yellow fever, right? Where it's like white person ends up dating an Asian person. Uh, it very, very rarely happens in the other direction where a white girl will date an Asian guy. So when that happens, I'm like, wow, that guy left out. Like it's, it's very rare. I dated an Asian guy. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's super, super rare. Like, uh, the chances of that happening are, are pretty stellar. Um, it, it happens, though. I mean, when you when you multiply it across the population of America, there's a very sizable n- number of people mm-hmm. that are, are doing that. But just as a whole, like, it doesn't happen all that often. The other way around, white man, Asian woman is much more common. Um, and black people, holy crap... You might as well shoot yourself. That's how like bad uh, Asian people consider dating a black person. Like it's mm. betrayal. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just because like 
in movies in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, black people were always the thieves and the villains and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they were implicitly low, ca- low class, right? So there's uh, this past um, this past month, in the past month in, in New York, there was this black guy who was uh, assaulting Asian women, saying that you people will never allow me to date you. And he was like assaulting them. What? And he, I think he ended up killing himself actually after the cops found out who he was. That's um, horrible. Yeah. Well, he wanted to date Asian women, but no Asian women would date him. Well, but then maybe he was just undesirable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was definitely that, that, that's definitely true. <laughs> there was like this entitlement though, then, right? Like, because in America, it's like if I try hard enough, right, and I believe in myself, I can get anything I want. It's right. not the case. Not the case at all. Right. Especially when it comes to attraction. Uh, so yeah, it's really complicated because like you have to navigate the spectrum and you have to understand where you're coming from. And uh, even if you end up like being cool with the girl, family gets involved. And family is really complicated. Like I, I was dating this girl three years ago who was Korean. She was great, wonderful girl. I wish her the best. Um, things between her and I, amazing. Her dad didn't like me, and had this long conversation about because you don't agree with where I'm coming from, you can't be my, my, my daughter. And that was it. It was over. Right? How long did you guys date for? Like six, seven months. I was probably going to marry that girl, to tell you the truth. No. Yeah, I was all about it. No. My mom was pissed. Oh, oh my God. My mom was pissed. Is it because your parents didn't talk initially or why? Well, he, he, he is actually, uh, he was actually like surprisingly conservative. Mm-hmm. I, I, he grew up in Seattle, like in, in Northwest. But, uh, he um, he came from a background where like the father has a responsibility to look out for the daughter and vet all potential suitors. Mm-hmm. So he felt disrespected that I didn't ask permission from him along every step of the way. So when I had a conversation with him, he told me like, before you were ever interested in my daughter, what should have happened was I would have flown to New York, met you, and then I would have decided whether you could date my daughter, mm-hmm. right? That I was like, what the f? Like, what is like feudal career right now? What the heck is this? Um, and this happens a lot. Like, um, my cousin, who uh, is a great guy, incredible sense of humor. He's really good looking. Uh, he he works in finance in, in DC. Uh, was dating this girl from college onwards, and the girl's mom hated him. Hated him. Thought he was so low class. Wasn't worth time for her daughter. The only reason was because he wasn't a doctor, right? Aww. Yeah, he he makes more money than doctors do. He mm-hmm. has less debt, and he makes as annual. He guaranteed makes way more money than doctors do. But because he wasn't a doctor, he didn't provide that status. No go. Another friend in Oregon, another friend in Oregon who uh, was really interested in this girl. Girl's parents were divorced. Dad remarried. Low status. Disgrace. The guy's family. What like they got these screaming matches because the guy wanted to date this girl, but the family was adamant like no this family is not a good family low status family can't do it, right? Holy shit. Yeah, so it's it's so common in like in some marine. It depends how like traditional your parents are, mm-hmm. but it complicates things because when you date a white family, there's an assumption from the parents like oh these guys don't know crap like, they don't know what's going on, but when you date another person within your ethnicity Chinese Chinese Korean Korean Japanese. These other rules come into play, and you have to consider them. That's why I'm saying, like, in addition to like how you date, there's also the family aspect, which is a really big problem sometimes. 
it's 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 it's, it's pretty it's like it's not all that common but it does happen well, it's just another hurdle to deal with yeah you find a girl peeking no i mean <laughs> yeah i joke with my parents a lot about it because my mom's getting really worried that and my grandma's like getting older she's she always is like before i die i want to hold your grandma you know like, <laughs> Um, like, jeez, Grandma, come on, I want to eat food here. <laughs> Just came for dinner, come on. Yeah, yeah. My, my mom and dad, uh, they, my grandparents, like, had them meet. And within, what was it, 21 days, they got engaged after meeting. So whenever, actually, this is a sad statistic. Well, not sad. I think this makes a lot of sense. Uh, marriages for love have higher divorce rates than marriages for money. Yeah. It's actually oh, much yeah. more yeah. arguably responsible to marry someone for money rather than looks. Aren't arranged marriages also yeah, yeah, way, 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 way yeah. successful. It's because like, you have to make it work. There's all this social pressure that forces you to give up parts of yourself to make it work with the other person. Right. Or you're just stuck with an unhappy relationship and you just deal with it for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> just just yeah. that. You so whenever my parents mean? like whenever my parents talk to me about like, oh, you know, um, would you ever consider an arranged marriage? Probably not. Yeah. If your parents vetted someone that they think you would like first. Oh, I don't think my parents would ever do that. I think my parents would get me into dates and stuff, but yeah, I probably wouldn't ever consider an arranged marriage personally. I'm pretty picky. Like, that's my problem is I'm really picky. I, I have all of these, like, things I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know what my family is like, and I know what rules that whoever this girl is is going to have to deal with. So when I meet someone and they like don't necessarily fill the expectations of my family. I don't want that girl to go through that crap because it's going to be hell for her. It really is going to be hell for her. So usually I'm like, okay, this probably can't go any farther than this. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I saw, I, I was, I did a lot of dating uh, like a year or so ago. I haven't, I haven't gone on many dates at all in that year since. Um, and I never went past the second date. Uh, with anyone actually because by that point uh, like expectations about what I thought my family would think and those kinds of things kick in mm-hmm. you know and it, I think it's irresponsible to get into a relationship with someone who has no idea what they're getting into and it's a lot of heartache and a lot of pain for someone who doesn't understand what the rules are going to be and suddenly you're like thrust into these positions and you know that's what you said yeah <laughs> but yeah but anyways when my parents joke with me like this is just joking I'm not serious at all about this but my, my, my mom is like oh, you're gonna die alone like <laughs> you are not dating nobody and no baby and no, what's going on here what's that accent it's yeah. like an Italian yeah I don't know I don't know <laughs> I didn't. no baby no baby yeah. <laughs> my mom doesn't sound like my that my mom sounds nothing like that at all yeah. uh, I always joke my parents like you guys did it in 21 days you know I'm gonna beat your I'm going to beat your score. Like, I'm, I only need 15 days, mom and dad. Like, two weeks, no yeah. problem. All I need is a bat in the back, and it'll be good. And my, dad, my dad laughs, and I'm like, it's the crazy way to do it, dad. It's, it's really messed up, but it's just like a, it's just like a joking understanding. Family jokes. Yeah. There, my, uh, my other friend who was like, um, there's some families who are very, very sensitive about the race thing. Like, really sensitive. I got this friend. He's like a brother to me. Mm-hmm. I think he's like 34, 35 now, which is basically like... Uh, you failed at life. If you if you hit that age and you're not married, like Korean people are like you failed at life. Um, so uh, he he was he hit thirty I think, and he was driving with his mom one day, and he was like, "Mom, you know if I 
if I didn't marry a Korean girl, would you be okay with that? And she was like, uh, oh, Peter. His, Peter isn't his name, but I'm just using his fictional name. Like, oh, Peter. It doesn't matter who you who you marry, what race they are. Like as long as they love you and they're a good person, that's all that matters to me. And he was like, "Oh, okay." And then he <laughs> thought about it. He was like, "There's no way this is true." <laughs> and so then he said to his mom, "Like, mom, what if I married a black girl?" And then she goes, <laughs> "You wouldn't do that to me." <laughs> I was like, "That's messed up." So ominous. That's so messed <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow! You would do that to me. You would do that to me. <laughs> so there's a part of me like my mom takes a lot of pride in being not a typical Korean mom. Like mm-hmm. whenever something like uh, she's a cool mom. She's yeah, a yeah. Mom. She's like very, very like she takes a lot of pride. Like, I wouldn't do that. Of course, not. I wouldn't do. It. And um, <laughs> she a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. But uh, whenever I talk to her about this race thing, she always tells me like, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't race. It doesn't matter at all. And in my head, I'm like, no, it's it's probably. Probably, it probably, probably just yeah. In my head, my dad would be cool. He'd be like, "What's up, bro?" Like my dad, my dad's very white. Like he's very, he's very Americanized. My mom came over when she was like in her twenties, so she's very Bobby, and my dad's like much. Well, she's much more American now, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean that like race is definitely a problem. The hierarchy thing is definitely a problem. The status thing is definitely a problem. There's just a lot of rules that you have to abide by and understand. And then I have an additional problem where religion becomes an issue. Like what theology that you have mm-hmm. and what kind of uh, religious culture you come from. Um, and depending on how conservative this other girl is, I have to approach it differently because mm-hmm. they bring an entirely different set of expectations. There's some girls that I've tried dating who when you ask them out on a date, they break down and have an anxiety attack just because... You, Who do you hang out with? Well, <laughs> I, I, I hang out with very conservative Christian Asian people. And there's a very particular culture there. And so when you ask them out on a date, it's not like you're asking them out on a date. It's basically you're asking them on a pre-wedding proposal. Like you're asking them to marry you, almost. Because there's all this expectation of now my family has to know. Right mm-hmm. now, like I'm considering someone for marriage. Am I ready for marriage? Like all of these things come into play right. all at once and hit you. So a lot so of, <laughs> sorry. So like a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, conservative Christian Asian girls, like you have to, what I call slow roll them. Like you can't actually date them. You right. can't be explicit with dating them. I love I love how technical you are about all these things. Like it's a very mechanical, very step by step process where everything you have to consider everything. You know, like oh, you haven't hit this X Y Z, therefore you're not ready for date number three or whatever. Yeah, it's just like it 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 sounds very romantic and removed from it entirely. Almost like it's it's funny because like my my perception of like meeting someone is oh you bump into them on the street and you're like oh. Well, do you want to exchange numbers? Okay, you know, and you're yeah. like, mm, no. Yeah, because you get burned. You know, in my life, I've been burned. Like, right. I've been burned by family, I've been burned by status, I've been burned by a lot of different things. And you have to learn how to, like, mm-hmm. live within those, within the culture that you're in. You know what I mean? Um, and this is why, like, a lot of Asian things feel very foreign. Because for me, they feel foreign, right? Like, these rules seem a lot of times very, like, unreasonable and unfair. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've had to deal with a lot of, like, the unfortunate byproducts. And a lot of my friends have had, too. Like, mm-hmm. I got pissed with my cousin 
He loved this girl. He really did love this girl a lot. He probably he was gonna propose to her probably like very very soon. Mm-hmm. But the mom thing, like just because he wasn't a doctor, and then this other guy, he felt very strongly about this. Really, like he was fighting with his parents, yelling with his parents, because he wanted to pursue this girl, but he couldn't because low status can't do it. Uh, so I mean, it comes into play, and you know, like, do I want that kind of heartache for this poor girl <laughs> that like has to deal with all this crap? Well, for and what it's worth, maybe it's not for you to decide, or is it? I I feel bad. I this is me personally. I feel bad because I feel like I have a responsibility mm-hmm. to, to consider the emotional and mental well-being. Because I want whoever this person is, right, to pursue their career to the best of their ability, to pursue their wants to the best of their ability. And a lot of the rules and expectations my family, my culture, my history, my background bring into the play will make that very difficult unless she understands the rules of the game and follows them herself. You know what I mean? It's it's hard. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, I actually think um, from the study that I've done, limited study that I've done admittedly, that um, dating for romance is irresponsible in a lot of ways. I mean, if you look at if you look at a lot of stats, it's very irresponsible. And our generation, the millennial generation, is, is feeling a lot of the effects of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there's some sort of like uh, reasonable uh, navigation you have to do. Romance overrated. Who needs it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. seriously though. I mean, like you have to you have to consider a lot of things. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think Western culture, especially white American culture, uh, you guys actually consider a lot of this stuff, but it's subconscious. Mm-hmm. How you determine status is very different right is he a douche like you know like <laughs> but that's like a status thing how you how you affirm value socially is going to be different and it's all implicit it's not like these codified rules that another external force puts on you that's true yeah they're yeah, kind of true. like rules that have been slowly imprinted on your life through media and through your upbringing right but you are like no 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 one told me these things i i need this right but <laughs> No, you no. Somebody definitely told me. I was you. asking if he was a douche. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. It's not like your friend, like uh, Ashley, who's like, just don't date him, Monica. He's a douche. <laughs> he drives a Hummer. Screw him. Let's just go and dance, like you know, like. <laughs> I'm just joking. That's my weekend, pretty much. Yeah. All the time. But I mean, let's like, let's do brunch. Let's, let's do... go dance. <laughs> But I mean, like it's there's there's also a set of rules that are in play there, but they're just like right. in, in American culture, it's like I made these rules up. In Asian culture, it's like you have an actual voice from the person who brought you into this world, who's like I brought you in, I could take you out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, any any words to tie up? So I wanna, so I'm really interested in hearing like uh, I want to know. I've wondered this for a long time. I want to know for the non-Asian people out there who have dated Asians, have you had to deal with any of this? Because I've heard of it from my perspective and friends who've had to deal with dating non-Asians, right? I wonder if the person who is Asian actually like takes the heat and never lets the other person know. I wonder if that's a thing. Because in some situations, um, there's, there's this idea in Asian culture where like if there's uh, a problem, you bear with it and you just suffer through it. Like in Japanese, this term called menokusai means nothing can be done. Uh, and it's the idea that instead of like 
uh, fighting a problem necessarily. You just deal with it. This is just how the life works. So I wonder if the, uh, the Asian person, when you're dating them, but you're not Asian, right? Mm -hmm. They bear that same, mm -hmm. that same thing. I don't know. That's really interesting. Um, I also wonder if uh, there's other people out there who have had to deal with kind of the same problems that I'm talking about that have to deal with status and you're trying to navigate American culture. Have you ever dealt with a situation where you were really interested in a girl, but she fell on a lower or higher status and you had to deal with some sorts of problems there? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are. I, I, I can almost guarantee that there are people out there. And for like the non-Asian people, like I'm interested in seeing how people feel about this. Uh, I, I, I already know that a lot of Asian dudes are going to be like, no, there's no way that like I'm less desirable. I'm freaking, I'm a 10 out of 10. I'm super hot. Like, yeah, sure. But statistically speaking, on average... Asians tend to be, men tend to not be as desirable. <laughs> so I wonder how people feel about that. You know what I mean? That's so mean. You think you're 10 out of 10, but you're not. Yeah. I mean, most times, you're yeah. not actually yeah. a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, there's, there's just a lot of really interesting things at play. I also wonder if there are people out there who want to date somebody that's Asian, but are, are wondering if the status thing is at play. Because, you know, if you didn't know any of this stuff, and you're interested in somebody that's Asian and they just keep rebuffing you, you might not know that it's because of the status thing or like a family thing, you know? You have no idea. I never just, really thought about it before, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just think like, oh, you know, you're just not into me, like that kind of thing. But for some like people, you know, I, I probably argue that they fall on the Bobby side, but you know, they're, they're definitely going to be like, uh, no yellow, no go, like that kind of thing, right? That's it. Um, I'm interested in seeing Thanks. Thanks, okay. Yeah. See you around. See you around. Just the first kick flip, you landed. Labeled a misfit, abandoned. Cocoon, cocoon, cocoon. His neighbors couldn't stand it, so.